0: Hello, Language Hackers. Welcome to another episode of the Language Hacking Podcast with me, Elizabeth Bruckner, and of course, Benny Lewis. In this episode, we speak with Sidel Wiltshire. Some of the things that we discuss are how to build a community in your target language and the secret of having fun in your language. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 90. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, Language Hackers. Welcome to another episode of the Language Hacking Podcast with me, Elizabeth Bruckner, and of course, Benny Lewis. Hey, hey. To celebrate St. Patrick's Day, this week we will be talking with Sadell Wiltshire, who is a community coach at the Fluent and Challenge, and we're going to be talking about learning Irish. Welcome, Sadell. Great to have you with us. Oh,
1: thank you, Elizabeth.
0: It's just awesome
1: to be here. Thank you, Benny.
2: (laughs) So let's dive right in and you can tell us what is your language learning background and how did that lead to you learning irish
1: i have had a lifelong interest in uh, childhood interest in other cultures and i had an opportunity to start learning spanish in middle school went through high school straight a's you know i just i loved it i loved it and part of that i think was just the interest went on to university tried some other things ended up back in languages back in spanish and then Russian, which is a heritage language for me, uh, kind of bit me, and and I fell in love with that. And so I started studying Russian. My Russian and Spanish were interfering with each other, so I let Spanish go for a while. Continued with with the uh, Russian. Went went on to grad school in uh, Slavic linguistics and picked up uh, little dabbles in Polish and Bulgarian and Finnish. And then promptly got married and moved north and. I didn't want to go into the CIA or the NSA or any of those places, and that was what was available for the most part. So I, uh, I stopped, which was really tragic. And because I, when I was in Philadelphia, where I was from, I had a whole community of Russian emigres that I mixed with. And so I was able to at least keep up with Russian there until we moved to Vermont. In Vermont, I didn't really have a chance to practice really anything until I started going to folk music festivals. And that's where I got kind of an ear for French-Canadian music and Irish music. Fast forward 40 years, (laughs) or maybe a little bit less, to 2018 when I saw a poster for Irish classes at the um, local co-op. And I was just really, really excited. So I signed up. And it turns out that this fellow, he loved making us laugh. It it, it just kind of turned my head around about, you know, how how I used to learn languages and how I learn languages now and what's the most important thing. And I didn't even realize, you know, you've got an atmosphere where you can laugh. It's just golden. And maybe it's the Irish culture, because it seems like wherever I go, there's a whole community of Irish speakers actually up and down the I-91 interstate corridor from, you know, Southern Vermont, actually even further north, but Southern Vermont into Massachusetts into Connecticut, down into New York. There are immersion weekends available. So I have opportunities to speak to people in real time, live, you know, right here in the States, which is just
0: incredible. Yeah, you actually have a teacher that lives down the street or in your community, right?
1: About 10 miles away. And then I have a a good friend that's part of that community that was one of his former students who's pretty much fluent in
0: Connemara Irish. He
1: was the one I did my, my day 90 video with.
0: I remember that. What was what was that like? Now you came into the challenge as uh, not a beginner, but someone that was speaking. What level were you at when you came into the challenge? And were you able to have a 15-minute conversation before you came into the challenge? And how did it affect your your Irish going through the challenge the first time?
1: Definitely I I, I was able to, I've been able to have a 15-minute conversation for a couple of years now, but you know, it sounded like monkey Irish most part, <laughs> forget, forget any grammar. It was just terrible. I was just like reaching out and just for whatever I could grab. The structure and the concentration that I got from the challenge. I mean, I love my classes, but we only meet once a week. So having that structure and the intensity of the challenge, I was at basically, I guess, a stagnant, A2 level. It just seemed like for a couple of years, I'd been at a stagnant A2 level and just wasn't getting anywhere. And so, you know, I came into the challenge determined to get to a B1 level, at least at least be able to participate in conversations elsewhere, maybe go back to the immersion weekends. Because when I went to my first immersion weekend, I wanted to cry. I could talk to people, but I mostly wanted to hide because everybody spoke so fast. So the best thing I can say is that after the challenge, I had the most incredible experience of Getting together again with a group of people I hadn't seen since pre-COVID, and there were some um, fluent speakers in the mix. And they, one of them, turned to me and said, "Oh my God, Sid, what your Irish is just skyrocketed!" <laughs> and that was the nicest thing to hear because you know we're we're all our own worst judges and you know, I still thought, you know, I look at my videos and, you know, videos are great. And I could see the progression from my beginning videos to my day 90. But when you hear it from somebody else in your community who hasn't seen you in a while, oh my God. So that, that did a lot for my motivation and confidence. And now, and and now I do feel like I could walk into the immersion weekend and actually keep up with people.
2: So you've got, you already had experience in other languages. Like you said, your Spanish and your Russian and that kind of linguistic background. So what was different about learning Irish compared to learning those other languages?
1: So you know, I don't want to put anybody off of Irish, but Irish is it's a difficult language. I think it's I, I mean, it's 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 different. But don't let the grammar get to you. <laughs> Find a teacher who wants you to speak first, you know, or and, and, and just concentrate on the speaking and, and, and don't worry about the grammar and, and don't worry about learning the grammar right away. I mean, you, you will pick up things, but the grammar can can put a lot of people off. You know, I, people say to me, you know, it's, oh, Russian is not a really, really hard language. And I actually think Irish is harder, but Irish is lots of fun. And so why, you know, I fell in love with it. I walked into that first class, and wh- all I wanted, frankly, when I f- walked into that first class was to be able to pronounce lyrics to to the old-style Shano songs, the old-style um, traditional singing, because uh, I'm really big into folk music. You know, we got past that in a couple of weeks, and meanwhile, this guy just had us laughing constantly, and I was like, "Oh, I am so hooked." And so finding finding that. Thing to grab onto that, that the humor and there's so much of it in the Irish language the Irish know how to party <laughs> so it's it's a challenging language but it, you will have fun you will have fun and I never you know I never thought that you know initially I was looking for I was actually looking to learn Scottish Gaelic because I had been to Scotland a couple of years before and had picked up a couple of phrases but uh, again it was the music that I've always wanted to learn how to pronounce things. So, so yeah. And and um, as far as as far as difficulty goes, you know, find you know finding a textbook or finding a way to you know learn how to say things without worrying about the grammar at first is really critical, I think, for Irish. Then you'll get then your mind will get curious and you'll go, okay, how does the genitive work? You know, a couple years down the road. <laughs>
0: I am not an Irish learner and I'm speaking with two Irish speakers. So this is a lot of fun for me. I have so many questions for both of you. For some of our audience who have never even contemplated the idea that there is a language called Irish. I mean, I'm of Irish descent and I didn't know that until I got into language learning. I'm pretty sure my father, whose last name is Flannery, does not know that there's an Irish language. What I know now is that it uses the same alphabet that English uses. But the words are very like the spelling, for example, Siobhan, there's a, the name Siobhan is a Irish name and it has, instead of a V, it's like B H. How did both of you, Benny and and Sadal, this is an important question for me. (laughs) It's different when you're learning Russian and it's a different uh, alphabet. So your brain goes, okay, this letter means this, but in Irish now it's the same letters all of them are the same with different sounds and the combinations are different sounds. How did you two manage to get over the hump of figuring out how each letter was different and each combination of letters were di- different than English?
2: Well, for me, it's an easy answer because I I grew up with friends called Siobhan and Aoife and all of this. So like any Irish listeners who are considering learning the Irish language, they have to realize that even if They're like me. I did pass Irish for the leaving certificate. This is our end of high school exam. So I had a very limited amount of Irish when I ended my education. However, I still had a lifetime of exposure to a lot of terminology that we tend to use. And people in Ireland don't even realize that when the way we speak Hiberno English is actually Greatly influenced by the Irish language. There's lots of expressions that Irish people are not even aware don't exist in other in other languages. Like uh, an Irish person will say to give out, and this this is our way of saying to complain, and this is because it's a direct translation of "torchemot," and that doesn't exist. And when I first move abroad, I wasn't aware that this wasn't an international English term. Because other English speakers use give out as to distribute, you know, give out leaflets or something. Uh, so because of that, we in Ireland have so much exposure, even if we're monolingual English speakers. Uh, there are so many place names. There's so many ways that, that we have expressions in our English. And of course, there's so many actual words we'll use while we're speaking that use Irish spelling that it's a lot easier uh, to kind of ease into that, I, I had that lifetime of experience. Even though my actual Irish skills as a, as an adult were seriously lacking, and then other than that, like when it comes to pronunciation, like uh, one of my most popular videos I've ever uploaded was about how to pronounce Irish names. And I always tell people that if yes, it's strange coming from an English perspective, but it is way more consistent. And there are lots of aspects of Irish. They start to make sense when you think about them. So Siobhan, for instance, it's like, well, why is a BH a V? And this is actually uh, something called a Shaivu in Irish. And this is the letter H has a very unique usage in the Irish language. It doesn't exist in isolation except for loanwords. words. It's always used to change the sound of the letter it's connected to and you just learn those associations, and that way it feels a lot less random. If I just told you, well, a BH is a V, deal with it, then that, that is a very hard pill to swallow. But if you learn, there's a, a small list of rules, and I literally just have a brief YouTube video where I go through 90% of Irish word pronunciations, and then it just makes sense for people. So uh, it's way more consistent than English. English is is way more random and we just, we just accept it because we tend to speak English as our mother tongue. But uh, Sidel, how did you deal with the different Irish phonetic rules and uh, learning how initially they feel strange?
1: Right, so they they felt strange to me for a long time because I had gone to singing workshops and where they'd hand me the lyrics and I didn't know what to do with them. So when um, I started with my class, what was great about that was he started us learning you know some really popular songs with the lyrics, and we would just go through them slowly together in class, and then we would eventually speed up so we could kind of sing them more real time. So that really helped. You know, just get used to, you know, seeing things like DHs and BHs and MHs, and then learning not to pronounce the THs like a th. There is no th in Irish. It's a it's a ha. Huh. And you know, the FHs and and you know, and it all started to make sense and look normal after a while. You know, reading aloud and singing aloud was really helpful. And there's just so much rich music available in Irish.
2: So something else that you, you also mentioned uh, is that you had a connection with someone who uh, spoke Connemara Irish. So this is another question that comes up quite a lot is, how do you deal with dialects of Ireland? And for people who don't know, there are the three major dialects and they do have, I would say, a greater difference between them than something like uh, English from the UK and English from America even though it's in, within one very tiny country. When do you process dialects and which one do you pick and why?
1: You learn what you get, you know. So if you have a class, you have a teacher who has a particular dialect, I'd say stick with that for now. But it's nice to have a book. It's nice to have uh, introductory material that kind of gives you a, a little flavor of them all. To start with, just stick with one. And then eventually you'll start hearing, you know, you can't help it. I mean, I go to classes online, different parts of the country. And so some are taught in more Ulster Irish and some are taught in Munster Irish. Um, I tend to seek out the Connemara Irish as much as I can because that's what my teacher speaks. And, um, and most of the people that went through his classes that I know that you know, I get together with speak. What I found now getting into intermediate and more advanced material is um, that some books are even written in a different dialects. So I'm reading a book right now that is um, very um, strong Munster Irish dialect. And, and I ran into verb endings I'd never seen before. <laughs> but again, that's stuff you might get into you know, as an advanced or an intermediate learner. And there's some good books out there like the gwilgogon Gonstro series that introduce you to all three dialects.
0: So here's a question that's probably going to boil both of your blood. Wikipedia says that Irish is commonly referred as Gaelic. Oh, I just threw out a sizzling controversial subject. Can you tell me why that is incorrect?
1: I, I was taught by my teacher that in Ireland they call the Irish language Irish and that Gaelic is usually referring to Scottish Gaelic. Benny?
2: <laughs> yeah it's and it's something you said earlier Elizabeth there is this uh, misunderstanding of what even does the word Irish mean. Uh, a lot of people were confused when I told them I speak Irish because they'd be like well I, I already knew that you're speaking Irish to me right now and, and like that's that's what they imagined and What I'm speaking right now is Hiberno-English, if you want to be technical. It's uh, the Irish version of English. But in Ireland, it's just called Irish. And Gaelic, it can be understood both as as a language, as a kind of linguistic family branch, but it is technically correct to use Gaelic more specifically for the language in Scotland, which is very closely related to Irish. When I pass through Scotland, and even if I read someone's like UK passport, for instance, has some Scottish Gaelic on it, I can follow along. And when I turned on the radio in Scotland, I could understand it. I would say the analogy is very similar to between Spanish and Portuguese, for instance, that you have a lot of that commonality. So it is definitely related, but it's absolutely not the same language. I just accept at this stage that it's just... Not understood wide enough that most people I meet outside of Ireland are simply going to call it Gaelic. And my compromise for that is whenever I refer to the language, if I'm in like a, on a radio interview or something and I want to, I want to call it Irish, but I also don't want to mislead people that maybe they think I'm talking about English, is I would say Irish slash Gaelga. So the word Gaelga is the word for Irish in the Irish language, the same way Espanol is the word for Spanish in the Spanish language. So, Gaelga, it sounds close enough to Gaelic that people kind of uh, get that reminder of the language that they may have in their head. And that way I'm kind of dealing with the fact that I have to accept this is the, the people understand maybe that it's called Gaelic, but it's not. It's just incorrect. No Irish person will ever refer to the language as Gaelic if they're speaking in English. You can actually pronounce "gelga" as something that sounds very close to Gaelic when you're speaking in the Ulster dialect of Irish. You'll even hear that word, but that's obviously completely irrelevant to when you're speaking in English. So anyone forget the word Gaelic when you're speaking English if you're referring to the Irish language.
0: Great. Don't believe everything that Wikipedia tells you. And Gwelga, by the way, is a great hashtag to search for anything in Irish. Oh, thank you.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's something I've used uh, like to. uh, So one way I practice my languages is I have different social media accounts and I have a separate social media. I have a separate TikTok account, a separate Twitter account and a separate Instagram account just for the Irish language. And the way that I initially found content to follow was was searching for their hashtag which is just the irish language in that word so very useful thing you'll see a lot lots of things crop up from people writing that yeah
0: and we'll put that in the show notes his uh his account so that you can follow them if you're on social media and want to get a little bit of uh irish practice
1: um social media has been crucial to my learning especially for minority languages Facebook groups. Um, I can't say enough about finding a good Facebook group. If you're having a hard time connecting with people and finding people to practice with and to talk to, there are some wonderful Facebook groups available for Irish. And I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, I'm sure they're available for Scots Gaelic and for Welsh and for whatever other minority language that you're having a hard time finding people to mix with. Um, I can't say enough for that. It's really saved me and and, and I've participated in a number of what they call pop up talks, And that's that's another whole a uh, gueltacht is an area in Ireland where you will hear they're diminishing, but they're pockets, um, mostly on the West Coast and in the South where people still speak Irish day to day. And so there's this this idea of the pop-up whale talk that is developed, I think, especially, well, it's developed in the bars in Dublin and other places, but it's also developed online, um, especially during COVID. And so there are these conversation circles that now happen. And, you know, once you get to the point where you're not afraid to, you know, as you know, with your with speaking to step in, and even just to listen, you know, but to step in and and say a few words and say hi and participate. Um, they're really wonderfully friendly and fantastic language practice.
2: So w- one thing that can be very difficult is as people are getting into Irish, it can feel so overwhelming. Of where do you even start? So when someone is thinking of getting into the language and the Regular resources that they may tend to use, uh, there's a lot of them that just don't overlap with having anything available for Irish. So, like, what are the first steps that you would give to someone who's decided, I'm I'm ready to take on this language?
1: Well, the first steps is to bookmark the websites Tanglin and Folklore. And I can, you know, you probably have... Have those somewhere, Benny. Also, I use something called Patafocal, which is P O T A F O C A L for searching phrases, because sometimes you'll run into something that the dictionary won't pick up because it's a phrase and it has a totally different meaning the verb plus another pronoun plus something else. So I can often find the meanings of those in potafocal. So that's the first thing. Starting out in the beginning, there's so much. I'm not okay. Number one, I'm not a big Duolingo fan. I don't like it. There are a lot of mistakes uh, for Irish. Um, so you know, if you can find a good, um, friendly either iTalki tutor or uh, a local class, there are a lot of them online. I recommend um, the courses on FutureLearn.com. It is a Dublin City University runs a series of wonderful, wonderful classes. Um, they can be free. The free ones, you have to wait for them to become available. So if you, if you join, then you can take them anytime. And, and they're pretty intense. That I, another place I would look is I mentioned the book, Guelga Gonstro. That is best to do, I think, with a group of people. I mean, you certainly can do it on your own. It's got wonderful dialogues that are, I think, meaningful and modern. Uh, CDs, the CDs um, have really good sound files to practice pronunciation with. And that's where you will get a mix of dialects in, in those books. The organization that puts those out is called Wealth Culture, and they have a website. And actually, I have recommended the website to a few people that you can subscribe to for a few months. Um, it's called Rangana.com, R-A-N-G-A. A-N-N-A dot com. And um, y- you can get everything that's in the Gualgogon Stro books on the Rangana.com courses, plus extra videos um, and, and little quizzes that you can kind of take yourself. So that is a wonderful way to get started, I think. Um, but doing this with a group especially, I think, is is great. There's a, um, a group out of, out of Long Island, New York, called the Philo-Celtic Society. And they run free classes uh, using, um, it's a very dry grammar book, but you'll get a lot of good phrases and chunks um, and sentences that you'll learn through this book called uh, Progress in Irish. It's like a $10 book, I think. And, uh, and the classes, they run a number of different classes at different levels, and, and they're free. So that's P-H-I-L-O Celtic Society that you can find some some great free classes. Um, There's also the Let's Learn Irish. uh, It's an organization down in Washington, D.C. The guy who started it was, uh, I think, from, I think he was based out of NUI Galway at first, which is the National University of Ireland in Galway. They run a lot of classes at different levels too. So there's lots of ways. I think taking a, a small class as an introduction to just get your feet wet, get your, get yourself used to the spelling and the pronunciation is great. There are ton, there are lots and lots of good resources online for reading. Um, there's a couple of really good online magazines like Turishk and NOS. That's more for upper, for intermediate level. I didn't write this down on my list, but there's a great website I'll have to go look it up, uh, for reading children's stories in Irish. So it's there. I think it's, you know, finding a group. This is where a, a lot of my resources, I mean, I got a number of my resources through my teachers. I also got a lot of resources through Benny's, you know, guide. And then I also got a lot of resources through my Facebook groups. And Discord is another place. There's a really great Discord server Called Crack La Guelga, That's run by um, a uh, wonderful journalist and author name, and gamer <laughs> named Unameng Cavanaugh. She's a great proponent for the Irish language in uh, she, uh, out of Dublin and uh, proponent for specifically Munster Irish. But they in, in the Discord server they have groups for the different dialects, and you know it's all kinds of opportunities.
0: This is great because this is something that can translate. For um, language learners, if they want to learn another language as well. So, let's talk about your superpower. And this is what I'm hearing within your conversation. And our show notes are going to be so long. So, Irish learners, go to our show notes. You will see all of these wonderful resources. The a resource guide that she's talking about will be on, if you go to fluentin3months.com and just search Irish, there's a ton of Benny articles where he just lists some resources. He talks about his mission. But the superpower that I I think that is underlying all of this is your ability to build community. So I know that for me as a first time language learner, before I found Benny's website, I'd go to a class and then I would go home and I wouldn't really connect with any other language learners. And it's not fun that way, because when you want to talk about the fact that there's no yes and no in Irish, which I think we should talk about because that's fascinating. Uh, my husband didn't want to talk about the, the, the weird idiosyncrasies of each language. But when you find other language learners, you can be excited together and you don't even have to speak the same language. So for you in the challenge, you were in a group, a dream team. We have dream teams where there's study groups you meet once a week and you were in the mixed dream team. We call that team. Awesome. How did you tell me? Tell me what your experience was there, because I feel like this dream team, by the way, is still continuing. It, you know, it was in the challenge and it went, it moved over to the alumni group and they're still going, they meet biweekly. Sometimes you would speak in your target language and then you translate into English and then the next person would speak in their target language and translate into English. Can you tell me number one, how do you, cause I think that yes, this is your superpower, but I also think like Benny has said before, you can build muscles, you know, you can build your skills. So if someone's not a community builder, how can they become one? Uh, what, like when you go to a Facebook group and you, you could just be an observer or you could be a participant. How do you how do you create that community within those groups? How do you make them come alive? Uh, sharing what you love,
1: <laughs> sharing what you love. One of the things that we were all excited about in, in our dream team was travel and talking about travel. So that was one of the first topics we talked about. And and we also in we invited each person to take a turn at like leading the group, um, so you know giving each person some agency I think really helped. But um, you know as far as making a group come alive, talk about what you love. When you when people see your eyes light up, you know they can't help but follow along. So you know whether we're talking about cooking, whether we're talking about travel. Um, talking about holidays and cultures, talking about art. I don't think we've talked about art in our group, but, <laughs> but I have used that in other in other places with other people in, in, in community. Um, so one of the things that I'm still waiting to go, I'm, I haven't gone back to one of the immersion groups that are available for Irish yet, but I, what I do, I want to teach a Celtic not drawing class because it's something I love.
2: Yeah, and there's lots of ways that we can integrate our passions with the language that we're learning, and uh, like to give people examples of how I use my Irish. Last year and the year before, there was a, a video game that was very, very popular, and that it's called Among Us, and I started playing that game. And they've actually, well, actually, I, I believe it was Una who you mentioned, who's uh, very active, and I, I've seen her stuff. Uh, she translated. The entire game. So now you can play it, in, including its like login interface, and when you're with within the game, you can play it entirely in Irish. And um, then this year, cu- jumping on the latest trend, everyone's obsessed. I mean, ho- maybe by the time this comes out in March, people have forgotten it already. But uh, everyone's obsessed with Wordle. Wordle this, Wordle that. So of course, there's an Irish version of Wordle, Foclach, which just jumped up out of the, the woodwork and it's why you would actually be surprised how many ways you can enjoy your language, um, including Irish. People would imagine Irish is this tiny language. Maybe you can't do anything with it, but there's such a strong community behind it. And it's literally just very recently become a full European Union language. It was a partial European Union language and some laws had to be translated to Irish. But now it's got the same, um, same power as every other European Union language. So there's a lot of ways people would be surprised, even though Ireland's a tiny country. There's a lot of things you can do. So what other things, uh, Sadell, have you been able to use your Irish for? And what have been your ultimate goals with like how you plan to use it on uh, in your life?
1: Okay. So, well, I think I'll answer the last question first which is how I plan to use it in my life is that I just, I, I found this wonderful community and I love them and I want to stay engaged with them. And there's this wider community um, out of like the New York area where they have the immersion groups. So you can go to whole weekends where nobody, where people just talk only in Irish and you can geek out to your heart's content and you can talk music and you can play, um, curling, um, the, I-, 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 I know that the Irish word is coming to me before the English. Um, and you can, um, learn to play the tin whistle and you can do all that sort of stuff through Irish. You know, you can go over to Ireland and do the same thing. I just, I, it's, I've never had so much fun learning language before. And so I want, my goal is to get at least to be two. And I'm, I'm, my teacher, my tutor says I'm almost there, but I'm not. <laughs> so I'm, I'm reaching, I'm reaching for it. Um, as far as there is, um, there are a lot of activities coming up uh, for what they call Shakta Naguelga. Um, and it starts, I think, the beginning of March through St. Patrick's Day. And it's, um, these are mostly coming out of Ireland, but there are also events around the world. So they might be what I call those pop up well talks. They might be other kinds of activities, um, workshops. Last year, I took a watercolor painting workshop that was out of a, an organization based in the county down where I showed up for three weekends in a row and painted and listened with the instruction completely in Irish in October what was really the the coup de grace was, was I took a six six session I think or eight session cooking class taught through Irish through the same group but I found them through shockedcton na guelga initially and so I got on their mailing list so then so and and I, every week we would learn a new recipe and what was really funny about it was the teacher was from she's from county Downs so she spoke Oh, more of an Ulster Irish. So that was a little bit more challenging for me to listen to, but it was, I was able to do it and keep up and, and, you know, cook the recipes. But she now lives in Italy. And so she would share us some of the, she would share us the ingredients in Italian and in Irish. And because of that, I got curious about Italian and now I'm learning Italian. <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of, lots of ways that you can continue. And I mean, this all goes back to, doing something that you love so cooking is something i love so <laughs> it was a natural
0: yeah i you are also a community coach with the Fluent in three months challenge and we just love having you there because you're so supportive of other challengers so as a coach i want you to put your coach hat on now and tell me what are one of the pitfalls that you see new language learners have and how can they overcome it
1: um well one of them is just this shyness to speak and, and perfectionism and just being afraid to make mistakes. Finding people that you're comfortable with, that you can make mistakes with and start there and finding ways to make it funny so that you can laugh at yourself. Actually, I had a really funny gaffe with a Russian teacher last year um, <laughs> that involved me saying the word I think I was trying to say, and now you add the butter. And instead I said, now you suppress the butter. <laughs> <laughs> or you'd suppress the cheese. <laughs> she, was like, she was like, Oh, like Stalin. And it's like, you know, we all laughed. <laughs> so, you know, finding somebody you're comfortable with that you can laugh, who will, you know, like may, might notice your mistake and like point it out in a really funny way. You know, it's so easy in our culture to be, to go into that perfectionist mindset and, you know, compare ourselves with others and, you know, think, Oh, I just have to get this right. Well, the language does not work that way. I mean, even in English, I'm constantly making mistakes. Finding a way that you can get comfortable making mistakes, you know, and I think that starts with finding a person. I know that uh, you've you've talked about, you know, to find not maybe not perfect. Let's get that word off the table, but uh, you know, finding a an i talkie tutor that would work for you, or finding a language partner that will work for you, and so finding somebody that you're comfortable with is key.
2: And something else that we touched on briefly before we started recording is that you've also been uh, instrumental in helping a lot of people in the challenge who are not technologically um, like um skilled, that it's not something that they're as comfortable using. And technology can open up languages in so many different ways. But it is an adjustment for people who come from a background where they're just used to studying books and that being in traditional classrooms. So how do you help somebody ease in? How would you guide somebody who would say I'm a technophobe and how, how do you help them embrace how useful technology can be for languages?
1: Um, Well, personally, I, I do that by showing people that, you know, just step by step. Okay. This is what you do next. Okay. Now you try it. You know, this is what you do next. Now you try it. Um, And then doing, you know, like languages, trying to touch your language every day, touch your technology every day. (laughs) That is something I'm familiar with because my mom was a technophobe. And so I was constantly helping her. And I have other friends here who are technophobe, you know, locally that are technophobes. And so, you know, my neighbor calls me all the time. (laughs) For for help with her mobile phone or with her, you know, getting Zoom right and things like that. It's not hard. It's like anything else. You just have to touch it each day and practice it. And it won't blow up <laughs> as much as we think it will. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I forgot. I don't know if there's any room to mention this, but I, I just want to also mention in terms of technology. Well, not just technology. There's, I said I did, I wasn't a fan of Duolingo, but I really love Clothesmaster. Um, especially for learning sentences and learning chunks. And you can import, if you have the pro version, you can import your own sentences and really customize things for yourself and, and organize things. And they have this great way of uh, importing, you just making a spreadsheet. And sometimes I'll make spreadsheets with tabs under different subjects and I'll have sentences and I'll just import those sentences. I found that really helpful, um, especially for. Uh, Irish which is another less supported language whereas there's a lot more material available for folks who are learning things like Irish or Italian or French but you you can still make closemaster work for you using that. I have no ties to them except that I just find it it works for me really well.
0: And closemaster is it can you tell us about what the app does? It's it's like sentences and they leave a blank and you have to fill it in or they leave blanks
1: they leave blanks that you fill in. So one of the things, um, and you get to choose, you can either say, show me, give me multiple choice. You'll get a sentence with a blank somewhere. And then you'll get, be presented with a choice of uh, I think, four choices and you choose what goes in there. And that's the easier one. But then as you get more advanced and you're like, okay, I think I'm remembering this. You can switch it to type it in yourself. Um, And and that just brings in a different part of your brain and it's less automatic and it takes longer, but it's really helped me remember, uh, especially some, you know, like verbal phrases and things that I've had a hard time learning. So for for people who like, you know, what they call... I'm doing sentence mining where I'm reading something and I see a sentence and it's got a really great chunk in it. I'm like I get all excited about where am I going to put this? It hasn't worked as well for me to put it in Anki, but um, but that's another place you can put it. Uh, but I like to put it into Close Master. So I, I mentioned that it's totally out of context. The other thing I didn't mention that I really encourage... Um, just because it's available to everybody, um, any Irish learners, is is take advantage of TGCAHR. It's TG4.ie, and it is the um, Irish language television station. And you can stream all kinds of programs for free. Um, there's no license restrictions if you're watching any of their streamed programs. And most of what you'll find there, there are English subtitles available. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of Irish subtitles with the exception of Ross Narun, which is a, a a law, I think it, it's a soap opera that's run for like over 25 years. Um, but if you click on, they have within TG, TG4, they have um, a section called Cola for, which are Kula Cahar, which is um, the children's programming. And the children's programming has Irish subtitles available. So i really I heartily recommend you know getting that into your general listening, you know, just stick it to and the the programs are phenomenal. I'm a, a big fan in particular of their documentaries on TG Cahir, on t g four. Um also, Radio Naguel Tata has wonderful uh, podcasts and radio programs. Um so if you do want to you know start listening and get wrapping your ear around a particular dialect, you can actually choose a particular program that's set in either, you know, or Cork for Munster Irish or that's in Connemara for Connacht Irish um, or um, that's set up north for Ulster Irish. So there's lots of opportunities to get that into your head and to get that, get those sounds rolling into your head.
2: Yeah, there's a wealth of resources. We'll make sure everything that you mentioned are in the show notes, but you know, like Elizabeth was saying, these could be the longest show notes ever oh, if sorry. we listed. <laughs> no, if we if we kept listing Irish resources, I mean, it's a it's a an internet page, so it's not like we we have a cut off limit. You know, yeah. so I wouldn't worry too much about it. People really appreciate it. So uh, to wrap it up, what uh, one thing we do like to ask all our guests on the podcast is what their definition of language hacking is. So, given your experience both pre Irish and now your experience with Irish. How has that formed how you would define language hacking to other people?
1: I, I, I thought about this question because I've listened to this program before. <laughs> and, and I came up with a list of words that start in L, with L, because they all kind of represent what for me has been, has really been revolutionary for changing how I learn languages. Number one, laughter. Finding a place where people that you can laugh with About your language is, is, and be willing to butcher your target language and have fun in the process. That's that's absolutely number one. Uh, Language buddies, you know, or language buddies or learner groups. Um, I I forgot to mention that I have a language uh, partner who's about my level that I have been talking to without fail once a week for almost three years now. And she's just great. And we get to try stuff on each other and teach each other things. And then the last one is language islands. You know, we talked about doing things that you love. So follow your bliss, whether it be art or cooking or meditation. I taught my language buddy how to draw a Celtic knot, I think, for one of my, I think it was my day 60 video in my first challenge. (laughs) So, yeah, the three L's or three or four L's.
2: Very good stuff. Well, this has been a fascinating chat. Great to to share the love of the Irish language. And this will be live now on St. Patrick's Day week, which is in alignment with Shachtan Nagelga that you mentioned. So people will find a wealth of things happening this very week um around the the Irish language. And I'll have a couple of other standalone podcasts where I'll continue to dive in and hopefully encourage some people to to use it themselves. So thank you very much for sharing your experience with it with us.
1: Thank you Benny, thank you Elizabeth. It's been a delight.
2: Yeah, coramilamiga. Uh, it? <laughs> and with that, I will wish everybody listening a very happy language learning.
0: Happy language learning. And that's a wrap. What an interesting interview with Sidel. At the end of the podcast, we like to discuss a few takeaways that we've gathered. Benny, what was your highlight during this interview?
2: I mean, all the stuff she said about Irish was uh, essential. and um, People can dive into all of that. But I think the probably the best takeaway for me is a bit more universal that applies to all languages. That she was saying that we are all our own worst judges. And that when you have a community and when you have people who you're interacting with, then they can give you a different perspective. When she met up with somebody who had already seen how she was speaking Irish and saw how much progress she made, that person built her up so much. And like in the challenge, we have our videos, which are excellent snapshots to see how you're personally progressing with time. But even then, you can look back on your own videos and be so critical of yourself. But when you're interacting with people, whether it's through a community like the challenge or people who are in your life and you're sharing your language learning journey with them, they will build you up and this will combat our own natural urge to say, I'm an idiot. I'm not making any progress. Am I wasting my time here? Other people can completely change that perspective. So I would urge people to share their language learning journey. What was your big takeaway?
0: I couldn't agree with you more, Benny. Um, my biggest takeaway, I think, kind of was similar to yours. Um, I know Sadelle from the challenge and I work with her a lot and she's incredible. And I was always curious about her superpower of community building. And I thought that it was something you kind of had to work hard to do. But the bottom line was have fun. Talk about things that uh, enliven you. Like her particular um, dream team, they talk a lot about travel, but they also laugh a lot. They send each other memes in their target language and then they explain it. And so this idea of just jump in and participate, but participate in a way that really lights you up is essential. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. And if you are, you can let us know by reaching out to Benny on his social media sites and we will put them in the show notes. Tell us what's working for you. We would love hearing from you and we thank you so much for coming. See you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Katie Pasco. with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. Theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening, and happy language learning.